0: Bran. The morning had dawned clear and cold with a crispness that hinted at the end of summer. They set forth at daybreak to see a man beheaded, 20 in all, and Bran rode among them, nervous with excitement. This was the first time he had been deemed old enough to go with his lord father and his brothers to see the king's justice done. It was the ninth year of summer and the seventh of Bran's life. THE MAN HAD BEEN TAKEN OUTSIDE A SMALL hole fast IN THE HILLS. ROB THOUGHT HE WAS A WILDING, HIS SWORD SWORN TO MANCE RAIDER, THE KING BEYOND THE Wall. IT MADE BRAN'S SKIN PRICKLE TO THINK OF IT. HE REMEMBERED THE HEARTH TALES OLD NAN TOLD THEM. THE WILDINGS WERE CRUEL MEN, SHE SAID, SLAVERS AND SLAYERS AND THIEVES. THEY CONSORTED WITH GIANTS AND ghouls. "'stole girl-children in the dead of night "'and drank blood from polished horns, "'and their women lay with the others in the long night "'to sire terrible half-human children. "'But the man they found bound hand and foot "'to the whole fast wall, awaiting the king's justice, "'was old and scrawny, not much taller than Rob. "'He had lost both ears and a finger to frostbite, "'and he dressed all in black.' the same as the brother of the Night's Watch, except that his furs were ragged and greasy. The breath of man and horse mingled, steaming in the cold morning air, as his lord father had the man cut down from the wall and dragged before them. Rob and John sat tall and still on their horses, with Bran between them on his pony, trying to seem older than seven, trying to pretend that he'd seen all this before. A faint wind blew through the Holfast gate. Over their heads flapped the banner of the Starks of Winterfell, a grey direwolf racing across an ice-white field. Bran's father sat solemnly on his horse, long brown hair stirring in the wind. His closely-trimmed beard was shot with white, making him look older than his 35 years. He had a grim cast to his grey eyes this day and he seemed not at all the man who would sit before the fire in the evening and talk softly of the age of heroes and the children of the forest. He had taken off father's face, Bran thought, and donned the face of Lord Stark of Winterfell. There were questions asked and answers given there in the chill of morning, but afterwards Bran could not recall much of what had been said. Finally, his lord father gave a command and two of his guardsmen dragged the ragged man to the ironwood stump in the centre of the square. They forced his head down onto the hard, black wood. Lord Eddard Stark dismounted, and his ward, Theon Greyjoy, brought forth the sword. Ice, that sword was called. It was as wide as a man's hand, and taller even than rub. The blade was Valyrian steel, spell-forged and dark as smoke. Nothing held an edge like Valyrian steel. His father peeled off his gloves and handed them to Jory Cassell, the captain of the household guard. He took hold of ice with both hands and said, In the name of Robert of the House Baratheon, the first of the name, king of the Andals and the Rhinar, and the first men, lord of the seven kingdoms and protector of the realm, by the word of Eddard of the House Stark, lord of Winterfell and warden of the north, I do sentence you to die. He lifted the great sword high above his head. Bran's bastard brother, John Snow, moved closer. Keep the pony well in hand, he whispered, and don't look away. Father will know if you do. Bran kept his pony well in hand and did not look away. His father took off the man's head with a single sure stroke. Blood sprayed out across the snow as red as summer wine. One of the horses reared and had to be restrained to keep from bolting. Brand could not take his eyes off the blood. The snows around the stump drank it eagerly, reddening as he watched. The head bounced off a thick root and rolled. It came up near Greyjoy's feet. Theon was a lean, dark youth of nineteen who found everything amusing. He laughed, put his boot on the head, and kicked it away. Ass! John muttered, low enough so Greyjoy could not hear. He put a hand on Bran's shoulder, and Bran looked over at his bastard brother. You did well, John told him solemnly. John was fourteen, an old hand at Justice. It seemed colder on the long ride back to Winterfell, though the wind had died by then, and the sun was higher in the sky. Bran rode with his brothers well ahead of the main party, his ponies struggling hard to keep up with their horses. The deserter died bravely, Rob said. He was big and broad and growing every day, with his mother's colouring, the fair skin, red brown hair, and blue eyes of the tullies of Riveron. He had courage, at the least. No, John Snow said quietly. It was not courage. This one was dead of fear. You could see it in his eyes, Stark. John's eyes were a grey so dark they seemed almost black, but there was little they did not see. He was of an age with Rob, but they did not look alike. John was slender, where Rob was muscular, dark where Rob was fair, graceful and quick, where his half-brother was strong and fast. Rob was not impressed. The others take his eyes, he swore. He died well. Race you to the bridge? Done, John said, kicking his horse forward, Rob cursed and followed, and they galloped off down the trail. Rob, laughing and hooting, John silent and intent. The hoofs of their horses kicked up showers of snow as they went. Brand did not try to follow. His pony could not keep up. He had seen the ragged man's eyes, and he was thinking of them now. After a while, the sound of Rob's laughter receded, and the woods grew silent again. So deep in thought was he, that he never heard the rest of the party until his father moved up to ride beside him. Are you well, Bran? he asked, not unkindly. Yes, father, Bran told him. He looked up, wrapped in his furs and leathers, mounted on his great war horse. The Lord Father loomed over him like a giant. Rob says the man died bravely, but John said he was afraid. And what do you think, his father asked. Bran thought about it. Can a man still be brave if he's afraid? That is the only time a man can be brave, his father told him. Do you understand why I did it? He was a wilding, Bran said. They carry off women and sell them to the others. His Lord Father smiled. Old Nan has been telling you stories again. In truth, the man was an oathbreaker, a deserter from the Night's Watch. No man is more dangerous. The deserter knows his life is forfeit if he is taken so he will not flinch from any crime, no matter how vile. But you mistake me. The question was not why the man had to die, but why I must do it. Bran had no answer for that. King Robert has a headsman, he said uncertainly. He does, his father admitted, as did the Targaryen kings before him. Yet our way is the older way. The blood of the First Men still flows in the veins of the Starks, and we hold to the belief that the man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. If you would take a man's life, you owe it to him to look into his eyes and hear his final words. And if you cannot bear to do that, then perhaps a man does not deserve to die. One day, Bran, you will be banner man, holding a keep of your own for your brother and your king, and justice will fall to you. When that day comes, you must take no pleasure in the task, but neither must you look away. A ruler who hides behind paid executioners soon forgets what death is. That was when John reappeared on the crest of the hill before him. He waved and shouted down at them. Father, Bran, come quickly. See what Rob has found. Then he was gone again. Jory rode up beside them. Trouble, my lord? Beyond a doubt, his lord father said. Come, let us see what mischief my sons have rooted out now. He sent his horse into a trot. Jory and Bran and the rest came after. They found Rob on the river bank north of the bridge, with John still mounted beside him. The late summer snows had been heavy this moon turn. Rob stood knee-deep in white. His hood pulled back, so the sun shone in his hair. He was cradling something in his arm while the boys talked in hushed, excited voices. The riders picked their way carefully through the drifts. Groving for solid footing on the hidden, uneven ground. Jory Cassell and Theon Greyjoy were the first to reach the boys. Greyjoy was laughing and joking as he rode. Bran heard the breath go out of him. "Gods!" he exclaimed, struggling to keep control of his horse as he reached for his sword. Jory's sword was already out. Rob, get away from it, he called his horse reared under him. Rob grinned. And looked up from the bundle in his arms she can't hurt you he said she's dead jory bran was afire with curiosity by then he would have spurred the pony faster but his father made them dismount beside the bridge and approach on foot bran jumped off and ran by then john jory and theon Greyjoy had all dismounted as well what in the seven hells is it Greyjoy was saying a wolf rob told him a freak, Greyjoy said. Look at the size of it. Bran's heart was thumping in his chest as he pushed through a waist-high drift to his brother's side. Half buried in the blood-stained snow, a huge dark shape slumped in death, ice had formed in its shaggy grey fur, and the faint smell of corruption clung to it like a woman's perfume. Brand glimpsed blind eyes crawling with maggots, a wide mouthful of yellow teeth, But it was the size of it that made him gasp. It was bigger than his pony. Twice the size of the largest hound in his father's kennel. It's no freak, John said calmly. That's a direwolf. They grow larger than the other kind. Theon Greyjoy said, There's not been a direwolf sighted south of the Wall in 200 years. I see one now, John replied. Bran tore his eyes away from the monster. That was when he noticed the bundle in Rob's arms. He gave a cry of delight and moved closer. The pup was a tiny ball of gray-black fur, its eyes still closed. It nuzzled blindly against Rob's chest as he cradled it, searching for milk among his leathers, making a sad little whimpery sound. Bran reached out hesitantly. Go on, Rob told him, you can touch him. Bran gave the pup a quick nervous stroke, then turned as John said, Here you go. His half-brother put a second pup into his arms. There are five of them. Bran sat down in the snow and hugged the wolf pup to his face. Its fur was soft and warm against his cheek. Dar wolves loose in the realm after so many years, muttered Hullen, the master of horse. I like it not. It's a sign, Jory said. Father frowned. "'This is only a dead animal, Jory," he said. "'Yet he seemed troubled. "'Snow crunched under his boots as he moved around the body. "'Do we know what killed her?' "'There's something in the throat,' Rob told him, "'proud to have found the answer before his father even asked. "'There, just under the jaw.' "'His father knelt and groped under the beast's head with his hand. "'He gave a yank and held it up for all to see. "'A foot of shattered antler, tine snapped off, all wet with blood a sudden silence descended over the party the men looked at the antler uneasily and no one dared to speak even brand could sense their fear though he did not understand his father tossed the antler to the side and cleansed his hands in the snow I'm surprised she lived long enough even to whelp he said his voice broke the spell maybe she didn't Jory said I've heard tales "'Maybe the bitch was already dead when the pups came. "'Born with the dead,' another man put in. "'Worse luck.' "'No matter,' said Holland. "'They'll be dead soon enough, too.' "'Brand gave a wordless cry of dismay. "'The sooner the better,' Theon Greyjoy agreed. "'He drew his sword. "'Give the beast here, Bran.' "'The little thing squirmed against him, "'as if it heard and understood. "'No!' Bran cried out fiercely. "'It's mine!' Put away your sword, Greyjoy, Rob said. For a moment he sounded as commanding as their father, like the lord he would someday be. We will keep these pups. You cannot do that, boy, said Harwin, who was Holland's son. It'll be a mercy to kill them, Holland said. Bran looked to his lord father for rescue, but got only a frown, a furrowed brow. Holland speaks truly, son. Better a swift death than a hard one from cold and starvation. No! he could feel tears swelling in his eyes and he looked away he did not want to cry in front of his father Rob resisted stubbornly Sir Roderick's red bitch whelped again last week he said it was a small litter only two live pups she'll have milk enough she'll rip them apart when they try to nurse Lord Stark John said it was strange to hear him call father that so formal brand looked at him with desperate hope there are five pups he told father Three male, two female. What of it, John? You have five two-born children, John said. Three sons, two daughters. The dire wolf is a sigil of your house. Your children were meant to have these pups, my lord. Bran saw his father's face change, saw the other men exchange glances. He loved John with all his heart at that moment. Even at seven, Bran understood what his brother had done. The count had come right only because John had omitted himself. He had included the girls, included even Rickon the baby, but not the bastard who bore the surname Snow, the name that custom decreed be given to all those in the north unlucky enough to be born with no name of their own. Their father understood as well. You want no pop for yourself, John? he asked softly. The dire wolf graces the banner of House Stark, John pointed out. I am no stark father. Their lord father regarded John thoughtfully. Rob rushed into the silence he left. I will nurse him myself, father, he promised. I will soak a towel with warm milk and give him suck from that. Me too, Bran echoed. The lord weighed his sons long and carefully with his eyes. Easy to say and harder to do. I will not have you wasting the servants' time with this. If you want these pups, you will feed them yourselves, is that understood? Bran nodded eagerly. The pup squirmed in his grasp, licked at his face with a worn tongue. You must train them as well, the father said. You must train them. The kennel master will have nothing to do with these monsters, I promise you that. And the gods help you if you neglect them or brutalize them or train them badly. These are not dogs to beg for treats and slink off at a kick. A dire wolf will rip a man's arm off his shoulders easily as a dog will kill a rat. You sure you want this? Yes, father, Bran said. Yes, Rob agreed. The pups may die anyway, despite all you do. They won't die, Rob said. We won't let them die. Keep them, then. Jory, Desmond, gather up the other pups. It's time we were back to Winterville. It was not until they were mounted on their way that bran allowed himself to taste the sweet air of victory by then his pup was snuggling inside his leathers warm against him safe for the long ride home bran was wondering what to name him halfway across the bridge john pulled up suddenly what is it john the lord father asked can't you hear it bran could hear the wind and the trees the clatter of their hooves on the ironwood planks "'the whimpering of his hungry pup. "'But John was listening to something else. "'There,' John said. "'He swung his horse around and galloped back across the bridge. "'They watched him dismount where the dire wolf lay dead in the snow, "'watched him kneel. "'A moment later, he was riding back to them, smiling. "'He must have crawled away from the others,' John said. "'All been driven away,' the father said, looking at the sixth pup. "'His fur was white where the rest of the litter was grey. His eyes were red as the blood of the ragged man who had died that morning. Brand thought it curious that this pup alone would have opened his eyes while the others were still blind. An albino, Theo Greyjoy said with wry amusement. <laughs> this one will die even faster than the others. John Snow gave his father's ward a long, chilling look. I think not, Greyjoy, he said. This one belongs to me.